0: Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to, I believe, going to be a really exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Today, I have Chuck Saros. He is the president and executive director of the Automotive Management Institute, AMI. And today, we're going to talk about technical training. We're going to talk about certification. We're going to talk about the trades. Very interesting company I mean, incredibly successful. Uh, Chuck, tell us just a little bit about AMI before we get going here.
0: Well, first, Evan, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, AMI is actually a 501c3 nonprofit uh, organization out of Texas. And our mission is to accredit uh, training in the automotive industry, both in the, uh, the mechanical, they call it, or service sector, and also in the collision side of things. Um, we currently have, I believe, over 100,000 students with some form of AMI credit. So like, it's one of the biggest NPOs you never heard of. Um, we do a lot of work in the background, um, and our mission is primarily just to serve the industry.
1: So I'm going to ask a question. It's going to sound really callous, but I don't mean it this way. But the, why does it matter? Why does anyone care to be certified? Why, why is it important? I know it's important. So th- th- don't take that part, wrong.
0: No, that, that's that's actually a really great question. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that uh, it's, it's a timely one, too, because the way that certification and accreditation is viewed has kind of evolved, I'm going to say, probably in the last 20 years, so, so why it's important, um, let's, let's take, for example, like a certification. So ASE certification, it's the blue seal. You've heard of a master technician. They take tests. They, uh, they certify every five years. That's, that's how you know someone has got the, the credentials. So if you're a hiring manager or you're, an, you're a technician tr- looking for a new job, you name it, um, that certification at least proves that you know um, what you're doing, right? Who, who, what you're about and you, you definitely belong in that, that upper echelon. Um, accreditation is along the same lines as certification, but doesn't require a renewal. And I think it works kind of the same way. Uh, it's it, if you have an accreditation, like with AMI, we have accredited automotive managers. So if someone comes walking into a shop with a, with a resume and they say they're an AAM, then you know they have a baseline of credentials. You know that, okay, this, this person understands how to hire and fire people, um, how how IT works, how to communicate, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, Twenty years ago, uh, it, it was not uncommon to see folks certified and accredited on a regular basis. But I think that the <clears throat> I'm not going to say the perception, but but the the overall feeling that people get in the value of these things has sort of dropped. You know, and 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 it's it's sad because. Um, they provide a, a, a way it, let's, let's, let's go back to ASC. Um, you see that blue seal outside of a shop, you know, they've got some good technicians working there. Um,
1: Not everyone knows what ASC is. So,
0: right. So right. Why, yeah. why don't you
1: take a moment and explain it's
0: national it's a national Institute for automotive service excellence, um, ASE. So I, I, I wish I could reach over there and pull that plaque off the wall, but that, that's a master technician plaque with uh, with yeah. advanced certification um, in L1. But these tests, you, you go in and you take a, a, a written test in a, in a college-type testing environment, so it's timed. Um, there's absolutely no notes. You walk in there and you take anywhere from, I think it's a 50 to maybe 60-question test um, on everything from brakes, suspension, electrical, um, to transmissions. And then the advanced certifications sometimes can be like hybrid or alternate uh, uh, fuels, um, advanced engine performance, you name it. So it's it's kind of, it, it's the answer, if you will, to licensure for technicians, for service technicians. You know, it, like like in our country, you, if, if you go and get a haircut, guess what? Your barber has got a license. Your yep. plumber that comes over to fix your plumbing, they've got a license. Technicians, it, it's a little bit different uh, on, on that side. And there's certification. But um, it's not government required. So it's almost voluntary or it has to be supported by the shop. So sorry about that little segue but no uh, no, no problem but, but coming back around um, I think the, the, that the folks that are out there working don't value it as much anymore because there's not a dollar sign put along with achieving accreditation or certification levels at all shops you know they, you can walk in say I'm a master and they're like okay cool you know great um, I think as we continue to advance in the industry uh, with technology, it's going to become a requirement of some form. I don't know if it's licensure. Uh, I'm not quite sure how the government's going to do it, but you don't want just anyone working on your $100,000 electric vehicle, right? I mean, it's it, that just, there's there's too much liability these days. And the same thing goes for collision, too. Um, when you had self driving technologies and vehicles, um, it, Something as simple as repainting a bumper these days, just a bumper cover, can actually throw off your advanced drive or ADAS systems. The radars and the, and the, sure. the sonar and such that's behind the bumper that you can't see, it'll throw that stuff off if you use the wrong kind of paint. Um, a a five-mile-an-hour bump can, can shift the radar up, and then it doesn't work anymore. And now your intelligent cruise control and your crash avoidance systems don't operate there the way they were designed. So um, there's something coming. Not quite sure what it is, but it's, it's out there.
1: So Chuck, the, the theory behind the name Training Unleashed is that people don't invest in training, but if they do invest in training, they unleash the potential. They unleash growth, profitability, et cetera. And you know, to me, you know, if I, I don't know enough as a consumer to know I need to ask. But if I was trying to set myself apart talking about that if I had an auto-body shop or a mechanic shop or whatever it would be would be incredibly important because you're going to reduce mistakes. And in and, and any business it's it's important that you do that. Um, just quickly and this is sort of a, an offset I we we at Tortle, we produce a lot of custom e-learning for truck manufacturers, car manufacturers, et cetera. And there's some of our clients that actually require people to retake training before working on, like replacing a you know incredibly expensive diesel engine if they wanna have a warranty honored. So they're saying, look it, you gotta take this 20 minute training before you can redo this, even though you might've done it a hundred times, because we don't wanna take a chance that you're gonna forget something and cause a problem and we're going to lose that engine um so i i'm you know obviously a huge believer in in training so when you say it doesn't have as much value it saddens me a, a little bit um who are the typical types of people that value it what what are what are your best customers
0: like now, just just to back up a second, we we were talking a, a certification and accreditation on one hand, and then training on the other, right?
1: Yeah, they're different.
0: Yeah, so certification and, and accreditation, I think that's that's the the perception piece um, that that's sort of waning in in the customer's eye, if you will. Um, but as far as training goes, I believe that the end user, uh, at least in the automotive industry, is very enthusiastic about receiving training. It's just finding a the time and b the place to get it. Um, and, and you bring up a really uh, wonderful example of how training should work, um, where you have a, a reconnect piece or a recertification, reaccreditation, whatever you want to call it, um, where uh, a technician is getting ready to do a $50,000 engine and the, the man, the manufacturer, the OE, whoever it happens to be, says, we need you to take this piece to refresh your memory before you go back in, because there are things you can do wrong. And and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, because we have habits that, that that we create as we do things, right? You, you you're going through and you've done the same job a hundred times and you find a way to shortcut the process, you shortcut the process, and maybe you forget something. So, Go back, do a little bit of training and remind yourself, oh, yes, here are all the pieces that I should be doing in the proper order. You know, that, that's the way it works, too. And if, if they haven't done that job 100 times, gosh, you know, and they took that e-learning a year ago, all that stuff is gone. That's just the way our brain works. Either you lose yeah. it or you lose it. Um, and, and, and now I've got to come back around to the question you asked because I went off on a tangent.
1: Yeah, no problem. So the question, the question I asked, and I'm now trying to remember if I can remember the exact question <laughs> I asked, uh, is who are your best clients? Who are the people that value certification?
0: That that's actually a really great question. Okay, okay. So the 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 way we work is is we host uh, training for um, OES. We host in, individual trainers training on our sites. Um, we accredit hands-on training and, and and so forth, but Certification actually is what what pays our bills, so to speak. Um, One of our biggest clients is uh, a conglomerate, it's an alliance, and we host their collision training. And to be a certified body shop with this OE, then these shops have to go in and take a suite of training, both their management and their technicians, their collision technicians. Um, The management piece kind of focuses around their their marketing scheme, um, how to use the, the interface with the OE. And then the technical training has to do with advanced drive systems and the special tools they use. So our biggest clients are actually kind of forced to take training um, to get their certification. They get their stamp. And that way they become a recommended shop, which is huge.
1: Yeah, makes sense. We talk a little bit about the value of certification and how it maybe impacts companies like insurance costs, liabilities, things of that nature.
0: Um, Again, another great question. So it's very, very difficult to measure that in in the aftermarket because there's not a a consistent survey that asks those questions. Um, My prior background, I I did work for a very large OE for um, actually just about 30 years, um, nine years as a technician, and then 19 um, on the corporate side. I was a technical trainer and also uh, eventually worked my way into management where we did data analytics to kind of prove the value of training. Yeah, um, because that's 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 always kind of fuzzy, right? It's it's like, well, you know, you got to train, but but is it really worth it? We, we sat down and actually figured out, okay, take take a, a tech, and this is technical training now, so not collision. Take a tech that has no training versus a tech that has all the required training to be a master, and what's the delta? You know, what's the difference between that that trained and untrained? Well, surprise, surprise, they made more money. You know, imagine that, and that means more money for the shop. But I think even more importantly. Um, is they actually tended to fix the vehicle correctly more often the first visit. And that is huge. I mean, we're, we're, we're all customers at some point, right? We all we all roll into, into a dealership or, or an aftermarket shop. And when you bring your car in for a problem, you really want it fixed that visit. You don't want to have to bring it back a second time or spend money unnecessarily on parts that aren't necessarily bad, right? So um, we measured that and there is a significant change in both. I, I, I won't quote because it's proprietary data, but yeah, yes, it, it's, it's indeed a thing. Training does work.
1: Well, I would also think not only quality work, but the speed of production. Indeed. Um, although there's sometimes, and it depends, I guess, on how you charge. If you charge by the hour, speed of production is not necessarily a good thing. If you charge by the actual job, which I think most shops do, speed of production is an amazing thing.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely, and and the the way that that pay structure works, I don't I don't know how many folks are familiar with it, but it's it's very interesting. So, in the automotive sector, oftentimes uh, technicians are paid by the job, as you mentioned, Evan. Yeah. Um, so, let's say you go in to get a a, a rotate and balance in your tires, and that that job pays a half an hour worth of labor, and the labor rate's eighty bucks. Well, that's a forty dollar job. The technician, if they do it in fifteen minutes, they're still getting paid on that half an hour. But also, if it takes them an hour to do it, if they run into a problem, they still only make right. that half an hour. So production is rewarded, right? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, another thing that that is probably one one of the unknowns in this is that a lot of stores love this because if there's no work coming in the door, they don't have to worry about paying the technicians, which which kind of hurts. You know, your yeah. your tools waiting <laughs> for a job to roll in the door, so. All these things come together, but production is absolutely um, a, a, a byproduct of training. You know, the, you understand uh, how something works, you can diagnose it better and and move along to the next job a little faster. Uh, so but by no means take that to be a negative connotation. Speed can be good as long as you're doing it right.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, you know, if you have confidence, if you know how to do it, you're in, um, you're likely to do it faster and you're likely to do it, you're likely to do it, to do it better. Um, I wonder when you talk about the difficulty of people valuing it, is it because there's a labor shortage of technicians? Now, I know if you're talking about plumbing, electricians, uh, I used to be in the floor covering business, carpet installation, tile installers, you know, huge shortage, huge shortage. Uh, Is that having an impact on automobiles?
0: Certainly. Um, I, I think we could probably tie a lot of this back to the shortage and, and the shortage is nothing new. Tr- shortage in trades has been around uh, at least at least 30 years. When I came into the biz, that was kind of the selling point of the school I went to. Is They said, hey, no, no, no matter where you go, you're going to be able to, to roll your toolbox in there and get a job because there's a huge shortage of technicians. I didn't really understand what that meant, but um, we're not getting fewer cars on the road at this point. Right. We're not building less houses. Um, so all these, these trades are hungry for people out there to fill the shoes of those that are retiring. And I, I, I'm going to pull out the soapbox again. Sorry. Yeah, go um, ahead. Th- There's, there's a, a defining difference in, in how high schools promote trade schools. Um, to be a ranked high school, part of that equation is college acceptance rate not necessarily college graduation rate. And some schools do actually pull in trade acceptance to that, but not many. So when you're focusing on college acceptance rate, it's a lot of STEM, right? It's the, it's, it's the science pieces and math and so on. And they don't focus so much on trades. They put the money towards, towards the STEM teaching and college acceptance. Well, now you've got these kids who sometimes frankly have no interest in going to college uh, or, or it's not, it's not their passion uh, who knows, but they're kind of pushed that direction, and maybe they sign up for a year, and then you know jump out after going forty thousand dollars in debt, and then take a look around and say, well, gosh, you know, I've always I've always loved tinkering with something. Uh, it could be anything. It could be electronics. It could be uh, engines. Who knows? It could be plumbing for heaven's sakes." And then they circle back around to trades. Um, so the trade the, the the folks in trades again are super super hungry for kids to be pushed in that direction, those that have the aptitude, and there are a lot of states that are doing it now. Um, I'm, I'm, my home state is Tennessee, and we actually have a program now where uh, if, if you graduate high school, um, you, you have to do some, um, I think, eight hours of community work and attend some meetings, but you can actually go to a, either a two-year trade school or a two-year community college at no charge, just uh, essentially some of the, the, the peripherals like parking, I think, um, you have to pay for so you can walk away with a two year associate's degree or a certificate at no charge. So there are places, there are states, cities that are trying to bridge that gap. They realize it. But unfortunately, we're kind of we're, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle at this point, because, again, we're not making fewer cars. Well, maybe with the chip shortage, we are, but um, <laughs> we're, we're not making fewer houses. You know, there, there's not less people. and And by the same token, nothing's getting easier to work on. It's, it's much more complex. Even homes, you think about it these days. It's, it's a lot different.
1: Tortal Training's Learning Matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com slash learning dash development. So when I think of the automotive industry, you know, I think of all these big training, for-profit training companies like UTI. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you interact with them? Are you, do they use your certification? Do they do their own thing?
0: Well, the, the technical schools, are, are, they're, they're taking someone that's probably moldable, right, young, and, and at least giving them some of the starting uh, uh, mental tools to get rolling in the industry, some of the base knowledge that they need. Uh, it could be UTI, you know. It could be um, Lincoln Tech. Could be any of those, um, or even some of the scholar, smaller state schools, uh, Tennessee Tech. You name it. Um, there are schools that we work with because primarily AMI deals in soft skills, and that's a that's another interesting conversation too. Because when you get into trades, you can make a really really great living for your entire life just doing that trade in that particular job. You can. But there are those that um, get in and they know this is not where I want to be in five years, in 10 years, 15 years, whatever. And what differentiates the successful ones from the non-successful ones usually is that soft skill uh, piece. So those that have good soft skills, they can, uh, they can talk to people. They can um, use math you know, to, yeah. to, to cost a job as a service advisor, you name it. Those, those soft skills help them um, on their career progression.
1: Interesting.
0: So, uh, I, if, and, you're, and, if you're
1: training on soft skills, mm-hmm. this is an odd question, but why just automotive?
0: R- really, the AMI was created to serve the industry, right? To serve the automotive industry, it was a the yeah. spawn of, of one of the, the the ASA, actually, Automobile Service Association, ASA, um, and our our charter from the get go. Has been to provide training to the automotive industry, so that's that's why we're here. Yeah. Soft skills. So if you're looking for a manager or a service advisor, that's that's this is where you come. Typically. So
1: is is most of your training? Let's just ignore COVID for a second. Mm. Okay, <laughs> pre-COVID was most of your training in person, virtual, or online?
0: That's that's the accreditation piece, and and another great question, Evan. Um, pre pre covid let's say norm back in the normal days if you attended a trade show and you went to uh, one of the seminar pieces on um, gosh you know the uh, five reasons employees leave let's say yeah. uh, and and that, and that particular course was accredited by AMI then you could submit that course back and we'd record credit for that course as an elective yeah so so that that's we have that that's where that 100,000 piece comes in or in excess sure, of sure it's all these folks that submit for credit, we record that and hold it in the learning management system as a a data record. Um, But fast forward to COVID and now, uh, thankfully, we we have a learning management system and the majority of our our accreditations, if you will, for for managers or or back office, uh, collision estimator, whatever, um, those are actually online pieces. So as soon as the lockdown happened, most everything shifted over to online. Now things are slowly starting to get back to normal and we're starting to see shows again. And we're starting to see applications for credit come back from instructor led or live training.
1: That's very interesting. I, I wonder, you know, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen to trade shows, but I would imagine virtual events are not going to just fade away. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see the mix. The mix might be good for you. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a big believer in embracing the future because you have no choice. You might as well embrace it. <laughs> it's pretty much that simple.
0: So in the last, I guess about in the last 30 days, I've attended uh one, two, three, four shows. And um one was was completely online. There were one, two of those that were actually blended events, which which I think probably is the way that things will go. Uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Everybody's happy to get back out there. I, I'm happy to get back out there. There's no ele- electronic substitute for shaking a hand. Sorry, there just isn't. But uh, when you look at a lot of these businesses and what they've saved in travel budget um, and travel costs, they go, whoo, you know, okay, if you can, if you can zoom in and, and, and catch that seminar uh, or participate in the conversation, do you really need to go for two days? Do I really need to spend, you know, $2,000 to do this? And I just, I don't see these hybrid events going away anytime soon. And I think they're quite effective, actually. Yeah,
1: and I'm sure they'll become more and more effective. You know, being a positive-minded person, and you also go and say, well, who are the people they might send? They would never have gone live, (laughs) right? Rather than sitting back and saying, well, someone that would have gone live may now go virtual, which is true. There are going to be people that are going to go virtual that never could have gone live because the economics just wouldn't have justified it. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, very interesting to see.
0: And that brings up a, a, a really good point, too. Um, there, you, you see people in attendance at virtual events that you may never see at a live event. Um, I, was a, I was a technician in Alaska. That, that's when I started. So anytime I wanted to attend hands-on training, it was a flight to California, to Washington State, to Oregon, you name it. But now, um, in, in, in the days of the webinar and such, some of that could have been supplemented. Uh, for, for for a hard skill, you know, for for technical training, it's kind of hard to substitute um, hands-on. But for soft skill training, you, you and I are having a conversation, and we're getting along just fine. This is yeah. probably the 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 this is what things will morph into.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right, uh, and I think people will get much better at virtual. They'll be more experienced. The technology will be better. Um, so. You know, it's it's just like uh, when you look at live events. So live events today are much better than they were 30 years ago uh, in terms of how they're run, how they're organized, and you've got apps, and you've got, you know, much better presenters and people. So, you know, the world just gets better. At least that's my view, um, and I'm sticking with it. So just where do you see AMI five, 10 years from now?
0: so so to rewind to our mission we're we're here to serve the automotive industry right and and that's primarily with with soft skill type training the 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 beauty of soft skill is is leadership no matter what the level of technology we have there it's human interaction and and people don't change too much so the core of our mission i think stays the same um the thing that may change is our delivery method so we we accredit live training now we host online training um, e- e-learning is a wonderful way to reach the masses. We, we all know that. Is it the most effective way? Eh, probably not so much, uh, at least not at this time. There, there are ways that you can enhance that experience, gamification, um, interaction. Uh, you could do sort of a, a, a build your own story kind of thing where, where an e-learning takes you through a, a separate path depending on the answers and the direction you take. Um, so I think our delivery will change. Uh, one thing I would certainly like to see with with AMI is also to strengthen our relationship um, with the OEs, the OEMs. Um, I'd like to do a little more hosting, obviously, because that's our, our, our main clientele, uh, our, our revenue generators, if you will, our, our certification clients, your big OEs, and that, that helps pay the bills. Um, but again, we, we do a lot of stuff that, that actually is at no charge. So the, the accreditation piece, we don't charge for that. Um, the, uh, as an NPO, we, we, take, we take donations by way of Learning Foundation, and those get turned around into scholarships. So to rewind to a question you had before, how, how do we assist with trade schools? We, we do actually provide some soft skills for them if, if they elect to. And it's, it's a few schools, it's not many. But uh, when they contribute as learning leaders, they have scholarship dollars that they can throw at their, at their students. And that works out pretty well. So, I, I, again, yeah. I think it's a lot of delivery and and probably just making more partnerships.
1: You know, you you brought up something I think is is kind of important in the e learning world. There's a lot of bad e learning, particularly old e learning, where people are looking at powerpoints, listening to someone read them, and that's just not not effective at all. And <clears throat> sorry about that. The um. What you're able to create in terms of interactivity, branching, storytelling, simulations, uh, what you're able to do now with animation and things of that nature are, are incredible, and you know when we produce training for, you know, automobile parts, you know, a lot of 3D rendering, a lot of stuff where people can actually play and do online because, you know. No one's going to sit there and watch a PowerPoint. They're going to get bored, uh, particularly with the younger generations. Uh, So I, I, I suspect you're right that your online business will become bigger and bigger, particularly as the technology and people's embracing of it becomes bigger and bigger. So, Chuck, let's give everyone an opportunity to know a little bit more about AMI, how they reach you, what your website is, if they're, you know, I'm sure most of our audience is interested in what you do because it's intellectually fascinating and it absolutely applies to other industries and thinking about, you know, why they should get accredited and and certified, et cetera. And, you know, I know like in franchising, I'm a certified franchise executive when I was in floor covering, I was a certified floor covering executive. So I joke, I'm a double CFE because I'm a certified franchise executive, a certified floor covering executive. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's been very practical, but there are some people listening that are in the automotive world. Um, how would people uh, reach out and find you?
0: It's a, it's a, so we, we have a couple of different sites. Um, the, the first I'd like to talk about is actually just, a, it's, it's a homepage. And one of the things you'll see coined on there, and it's very topical, is, is knowledge is the only source of a sustainable competitive advantage, right? So, so if you're looking to stand out from your competition, um, if you're looking to find a new job, or you just want to increase your level of knowledge so you can become better at what you do, um, it's not a bad place to do it. Uh, you know,
1: before, and th- before you leave there, mm-hmm. there's a great book called The Fifth Discipline. And I can't remember the name of the author. But his whole point was that the only sustainable uh, competitive advantage is training. And I totally believe it. And when I was back, you know, working in, (laughs) I mean, training, back and working in the real world, that's bad. (laughs) But uh, when I was back in, you know, running uh, large franchise businesses and cooperatives and things, what made a difference for us totally was training. I totally believe it is a huge differentiator in company success. But anyhow, I just, you know, we're pro training on this podcast. So I I had to say that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, those that can't teach, right? Isn't that how that works? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I I believe that actually, uh, that that phrase is stolen from that book, as as I recall. But, um, you know, funny enough, these these seminars I've been to uh, recently, there's, there's a lot of talking uh, about the, the evolution of the industry into autonomous drive, into 100% electric and so on. And I try and, and, and snag at least a couple of minutes from one of the speakers when they get off stage. And I say, hey, w- what is the most important thing that we, the industry, need to worry about? And without fail, every single time they say, training. Training needs to happen. Training needs to happen. So uh, I think we're, we're, all of us in the training industry are, are positioned very, very well for this expansion. Um, as long as you can get the audience. Um, people can find us on AMI ami online, online org. So AMI online.org is a good place to start. And that sort of gives uh, a, a bit of who we are, what we do, and can actually point you in the direction of, of accreditations that, that we, we carry and such. Uh, it gives the list of courses that are required um, and and we have we, we have, again accredit uh, a, a ton of industry training that's not we don't host so webinars and the like um, those are all listed and there there are thousands of them thousands of them um, the majority of our training is held uh, at, at a learning management system and I, I won't even try to, to to spell that out here it's it's linked from the AMIonline.org site and it's a free sign up you can go in there and, and browse around and check out what we've got. I think right now we're we're over 230 online courses. And again, most of it's soft skill, but there is some uh, some technical stuff on there. Um, the way it's set up is it's, it's a la carte training. So if you've ever done any shopping at Amazon, it's exactly the same thing. You, you go through, you pick what you want, add it to the cart, and away you go. And you're off to the races. Um, man, you know, yeah, training, good grief. Uh, I, I don't think it's for a lack of want either. You know, there, there are so many folks out there that are hungry for it. They just can't get support from their management to get it. And, 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 and if there are any managers out there listening, here's, here's, a, here's a little tip. Training training is a retention tool. Um, the, those that are trained tend to stick around longer. And believe me, uh, I, I know one of the, the famous old phrases is oh, everyone's replaceable. Yeah, that's true. But with the amount of cost that you put into a good employee and training, holy cow, you don't want them to leave. You don't. So um, use that training as an knowledge retention tool. Do it. Especially
1: younger generations, Mm -hmm. because they value training. They want to see that there's growth in what they do and and, and they do. And, And one of the frustrations is that it's not just not embraced. It's not funded. It's not you know, allocated, it's not prioritized. Um, yet, uh, if you actually look at results, when people actually invest in training, the results are incredible and, and the math is incredible. And it's, uh, but it's, you know, you know, people think about marketing, they think about everything. Uh, but ultim- ultimately, how people interact um, with their customers, and the per- service they provide is is the difference maker, which gets right back to the fifth discipline and the, the whole concept that training is your sustainable difference. It's interesting, and you, you had such a great tip, but I always end the show asking my guests if you had one tip to share, what would that one tip be? Now, you could say the tip I just gave, that's my one tip, or you could provide another one tip.
0: Uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do another one. It's and, and this is for, for every leader out there, um, and that is do what you say you will do. Um, credibility is the most important thing uh, that you as a leader can do uh, to build the trust of your, your employees, your reports, whatever you want to call them. Um, and, and if you don't know how, Remember leadership doesn't have to be something you're born with. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be an ability. Is it in some people? Oh yeah, for sure. But leadership is a skill. You can teach it. You can learn it. So um, again, just to tie it all back together, um, knowledge is power. Learn how to lead your folks and be accountable. Do what you say you will do.
1: Excellent. What a great tip. Really great tip. Chuck, it's been great having you on the show. I want to thank my friends at the C-Suite, C-Suite Radio, C-Suite TV, uh, your great uh, sponsors, great partners. And, of course, I always thank my audience because without you, I would not have a show. And, again, Chuck, thank you very much. Training Unleashed is brought to you
0: by Tortle Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortle makes effective training easier. Just go to tortle.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortle.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, tortle.net.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.